Blog Talk Radio.
at hand 
could not save you from your sins, and he couldn't bring you eternal life. Jesus, up on a cross, in the process of dying for the sins of the world, at that moment, while he was on the cross, could not save you from your sins and could not bring you eternal life. But what it was was the action that happened afterwards. After he had offered him himself up to the Father, after he was buried in the grave, and Jesus, for those three short, short days in eternity that he was buried in the grave, which must have seemed like an eternity, Jesus in that tomb for three days cannot save you from your sins and couldn't bring you eternal life. But it was the resurrected Jesus who went before the majesty on high and offered his sins on the holy place in heaven before the Father God once and for all to put away for all times the annual sacrifices that would need to be made that though it could temporarily cover sin, it could never fully cleanse the conscience and it could never remove sin. And thus that it, it was weak in those areas he did, the Father did by sending his own Son, as the Scripture says, on the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in, sin in the flesh that we could live um, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and through him. And it is only the resurrected Jesus, that it's only the living Jesus that can deliver us from our sins, that can present us to the Father as holy and righteous, that can live to make intercession for us like he does. And as it says in verse 4 of 1 Peter chapter 1, to an, an inheritance that is incorruptible, and undefiled and it does not fade away reserved in heaven for you you know we talked um, recently about how um, many of us um, in the last year or two have actually had to experience loved ones and family members who have passed on to be with the Lord and just today I was at a funeral for my wife's grandmother who knew the Lord and had sought the Lord and knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that when she passed from this life to the next, that the hope that she had held on to of eternal life would be undefiled, that it would be incorruptible, that it wasn't going to pass away, that she could enter into that hope and enter into that final rest in the Lord. And you know, through all the, the tribulations and the persecutions and the trials and all the stuff that we go through on a daily basis, we still have this hope. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. We have this promise from the Father, um, the Holy Spirit, who has, the scripture says, we with whom we were sealed until the day of redemption. And we have this hope in heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ who declared him, himself that if he went away he would make a place for us and he would return again and receive us to himself it says who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time and you know that's an interesting um, scripture who are kept by the power of God 
you know, just as our salvation itself um, did not originate with us. It originated with him. Um, before the process even had begun, because he had us in his heart and his mind before the foundation of the very earth, when he purposed in his own heart to send his son to die on behalf of the sins of the world, he has declared um, that we could have a way to um, back into his good graces, um, back into holiness and sanctification through Jesus. And just as we did not seek the Father on our own, because it says that no one seeks God, none, not one. Everyone is sent and fallen short the glory of God. But yet, he died for the unrighteous. And just like through his own power, through his own action, because as it says in the Old Testament, when he looked for an intercessor, he could not find any. And so he himself became the intercessor. And just as he did it the first time, it is by that same power of the Lord that we are kept in this salvation. It's through his strength that we overcome. It's through his words, his power, his authority, his name. Jesus said, I know those who are mine, and the enemy cannot snatch them away. And it says, through faith, for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you greatly rejoice, though now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That's the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who is in them was indicating when he, would, when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering the, the things that which now you have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. You know, angels can't receive salvation. We know from Scripture that there have been angels who served the Lord, who fell away, who uh, decided to rebel from God. But yet there is no sanctification or redemption from their sins. There is no salvation through the Son of God himself. It's something that was for us alone. And not only that, but the very fact that he has sent the Holy Spirit into us, our lives, into our hearts, to dwell in us, to dwell among us, to reveal to us the heart of the Father. Something else that even angels, the ministering angels, who have constantly been in the world since the time began, um, 
directing men unto salvation, things that they have no actual experience with because it's not for them. It was for us because it says that Jesus and like us were made just a little bit lower than the angels. And it says, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not confirm, conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and your hope are in God. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives, and abides forever because all flesh is grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the, fowl, the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord abides forever. Now this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. You know, I had a um, long discussion with a friend of mine um, and you know the the Bible says iron sharpens iron, and we and having a relationship with the Lord more often than not prophesy to each other. And I'm not just saying me and him, but all of us as bodies of believer, speaking out of our hearts, which are molded and fashioned after the Lord's heart, more often than not end up speaking the heart of the Lord to even our very friends that we're talking to, and. Conversing back and forth in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, like it says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so it's always amazing what the Lord, um, what what comes to the conversation when you're talking to someone and both of you know and love the Lord. And one of the things we were talking about um, yesterday um well, you know what? Let me let me give you a little heads up story about this one. Is that um, this friend of mine was having some um, um, decisions because they have um, some stuff going on, and um, they were they've been really really seeking the Lord um, to hear His voice about the situation because they wanted to make sure that what they did lined up with His will and with His word, and so um, I've been praying about it and thinking about it um, all that day, and this is Friday, and I, I went into the bathroom, 
um, going from one place in my job to the other. And this guy who I don't know, never met actually, um, all I know is he works on the same floor I do, and he walks into the bathroom and he asks, "How are you doing?" And I'm saying, and I said something like, "I'm glad it's it's Friday, or it's or no, this is Thursday." I said, "I was glad it's Thursday. It's almost Friday, and the day was almost done." And all of a sudden, this this guy starts prophesying to me in the bathroom at my work, and I don't know that he knew he was prophesying, but he started saying things about. Things that were some things that were going to happen, and um, some lessons I would have to learn, and how I needed to stay humble. And I don't know for the life of me if he really knew he was being prophetic in what he was saying. But at times we can talk to people and just speaking out of our heart and what we what we feel that we should say. Sometimes we can actually speak the word of God to people without actually planning on doing it. Um, because the Lord can get you and get to you no matter where you're at. And I think one of the greatest misconceptions that the body of Christ make is believing that God's stuck in heaven. Believing that the Holy Spirit is stuck at one particular place at a particular time and that if we go to the grocery store while well, we left them in our house or if we, went, if we leave the church and we go to the parking lot that for some reason God's back there in in the church in the in the sanctuary and we're out here and there's this dividing wall. Well, the, the truth is there is no dividing wall anymore because the dividing wall between us and the Father was broken down when Jesus was crucified on the cross and the veil of the temple was torn in two, and He offered His blood and made access for us to come into the presence of the Father, which is why it says, "Come boldly to the throne of grace, in which we're accepted in a time of need." And, you know, so wherever you go, whatever you do, we know the scripture says that where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? Um, wherever we go, he's going to be there because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And the very earth exists and consists and holds its form and fashion just because of him. And so wherever you go, the Lord's there. And so we get, we started getting on his conversation about the decisions he would have to make. And um, not the guy in, in the bathroom, but this other guy that I've been having the conversation with. And, um, you know, something that, that occurred to us is that he had multiple opportunities, and he had asked the Lord to provide for him, and multiple different um, opportunities started popping up. And it's like you almost get to this place of um, – Fear, and not fear, because the Bible says we He has given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I, and I don't mean fear that way, but you get into sometimes you get a little bit nervous when you have more than one decision. And sometimes we wish the Lord would say, "So and so, you need to do this. Take a left. Um, wait for 5.2 seconds, and then keep going, and then take a this direction." And you know the Bible says the word is a lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path, but rarely have I noticed the Father giving exact minute by minute blueprints of anything. But it says that the just shall live by faith. And it's because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And our faith in him comes through not only our relationship to him, but our relationship to his word. And 
you know, it doesn't really matter what occupation you have. It doesn't really matter which car you drive. It doesn't, in the long run, really matter if you take a job in, say, California or in India or in Russia or China or Beijing. You know, it really doesn't matter because ministry is not something that you perform. Ministry is something that you are because we're all ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ, every one of us, whether we are physically in the ministry or whether we are just regular people going about and doing regular jobs. I go to a job every day, Monday through Friday, and I have to work. And I just happen to do help this work for computers. And even in my job that is not actually related to to God, my very nature in Christ Jesus, I'm a representative of him in every action. This is everything we should do. We should do as if we're doing it unto the Lord. And you know, that being said, wherever you go, you are a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, as it says, we carry about in our we carry about this fragrance of the Lord into the earth. And so it doesn't matter if you go left or if you go right. Um you know, if you go back to um the book of Genesis when Abraham God had called Abraham out and there was this point where he had um brought his nephew and they had starting to get in they started to get into um family arguments and if any of y'all have lots of relatives and you go to like holidays like Christmas or Thanksgiving, there's always one set of relatives that always fight or argue about something. And you know, they got they got it got to the point where Abraham looked at his nephew and he's like, You know what? Look around you. All this the Lord has given us given me through his promise just pick a direction and go and I'll go the other way because Abraham knew that the Lord was going to bless him no matter what because the Lord said those who come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him not those who make every single step perfectly not those who do everything exact but those who seek the Lord so this is Prayer International Radio. Our call in number six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
before that great white throne the throne that's been established from eternity the throne which is surrounded with transcendent radiance the angels the seraphim beauty everywhere the river of fire that flows from your throne Oh, we love to stand before your throne, O oh God. We love to stand before the throne of God. divine encounter
Oh, we want to be lost in the raging fire that flows from your throne, oh God.
encircled with flaming fire. The furnace of love, beauty, raging fire.
cries out too deep. We want nothing else. As deep cries out too deep. Sing, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. You're all that we want. Come, Lord Jesus. They said a prophet. They said he's a fraud. He's God. But he's fully a man. And he was born to be a king. No, he was silent. Like a lamb to the slaughter, he was silent. In his patience, he endured. But I know the end of the story. And we're only at the beginning.
Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Are you ready for this? 